Welcome to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Crude Life Week in Review, a place where we like to talk a little bit about the oil and gas industry, the midstream companies, the communities, those that are involved with the day-to-day evolution of the oil fields happening in Shale Play, USA. And what a fantastic program we have in store for you today. Not only do we get to talk a little bit about the Davis Refinery, our weekly Davis Refinery update. Of course, here at the Crude Life, we believe what's going on here in the Bakken oil fields is so historic that what's going to happen is it's going to be read about in history classes. So it's a very special thing happening not only in the Bakken, but in the United States. In fact, the Davis Refinery, the first greenfield refinery being built in the United States in the last 50 years, is also now they're going to take the technology from there and they're going to take that to the Permian Basin. So a lot of stuff's happening in the oil and gas industry. It's a global economy. It's a global industry. But the beauty is it's almost like these shale plays have become their own countries because they're the ones producing jobs. They're the ones that are keeping the local economies going. You know, I mean, there's a technology boom going on, yes, but it's driven by the oil and gas industry. In fact, we are now comfortable here on this program saying that really the only people trying to save the planet right now is the oil and gas industry. Everyone else is just pointing fingers and saying this and that. And, I, you know, we're a non-political show, but we feel fr- pretty confident. There's enough evidence out there to state our case that the investment the energy industry has been putting into saving the planet, they're the only ones doing it. So kudos to you, Meridian Energy Group and Davis Refinery, for coming up with some clean technology, some environmental technology that is going to allow progress to happen at the same time preservation. So this is, this is a very exciting time we're living in, folks. And, I mean, I'm not trying to over-dramatize it, but it is bigger than 10 Super Bowls. I mean, so we can look at it that way, I guess. But all right, we're going to take a quick break here. We come back. We're going to do a little Meridian Energy. And then on today's program, geez, I haven't even mentioned today's guest. Well, it's Joel Brown with MineralTracker.com. Good interview there. It's actually a two-parter. The first part we talk about their MineralTracker.com new software app, their uh, well mapping projections and revenue forecasting and all kinds of things. In fact, pretty good part in the interview where he's talking about his services and I kind of paused and I said, you know, I think the state's going to want your information pretty soon because it's like a little micro big data collection that's going on there with MineralTracker.com. You're really going to want to check it out at MineralTracker.com and uh, free it's free. You know, there's a paid one too. I mean, they do want to make money. They're not just giving everything away, but they do have, you know, a loss leader. They do have a way for you to give it a try, see what you think. And then if you want to go to that next level, you can. So uh, great interview, Joel Brown. He's out of Watford City. So we get an update about the boots on the ground from Watford City. Very polished individual. I, I see the economic development chamber position in his future. That's for sure. So you're going to want to stick around for that. The dude knows what he's talking about. So much I said the word dude. Hey, we like to relax here on the weekend review. So at this time, we normally talk to William Prentice or some other representation from the Meridian Energy Group and the Davis Refinery, well, maybe one of the subcontractors or a local official. Maybe somebody from the North Dakota Health Department. But today we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on just with the media and the Davis Refinery. As many of you know, the Davis Refinery will be built 
in Belfield, North Dakota. Belfield is close to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. So, so much of what's been going on is environmentalism. And study after study that has been done consistently favors and validates the information that the Meridian Energy Group and the engineers and the scientists and everybody has come up with in order to build a state-of-the-art refinery. So this refinery, 49,500 barrels per day, is going to be producing mm, something as, I don't know, 800 mm gallons a year of a refined product. So it's going to create a lot of solutions out there, whether we're talking about more trucks off the road, whether we're talking about safety. This refinery is going to create a lot of solutions for problems that currently exist. For example, there will be a study coming out very shortly. It's already out. They're just writing the executive papers, and it might even be released. Uh, It was not released at the time that we recorded this. They were just getting it back, but I talked to some of the people involved. There's a study out that the amount of cars that go through Theodore Roosevelt National Park far exceeds anything that the oil and gas community is doing. So we need to talk about reality here, folks. So that's where I want to set the table a little bit when I talk about Meridian Energy Group, the Associated Press, the Bismarck Tribune, and their recent talk on the Davis Refinery because it's just kind of a back and forth. And, and here's, here's what happens is Meridian Energy Group has to pay a lot of people a lot of money to keep things going every single month. So they're, by, by going another year with attorneys and red tape, et cetera, this is costing them money. So this is, this is holding up progress. This is holding up jobs. This is, so there are things that are happening here. This is, this is not political talk. This is just kind of what's already happened. So when you're a year behind schedule uh, because of red tape and, and um, political activism, that's the new norm. That's the new norm, and that's difficult to, to really get behind. But let's, let's just talk a little bit about this recent Bismarck Tribune article and the Associated Press article on the Davis Refinery and the ongoing legal challenges that Meridian faces. So um, Meridian has been consistently and has successfully met all the legal challenges to date. Now, I've done a weekly interview with somebody involved in this project, and consistently they are meeting the deadlines, and they are meeting all of the legal challenges. So there are a number of things that should be pointed out here. The citing review that the opponents of the Davis refinery want the Public Service Commission to perform has already been performed by the Billings County Planning Commission and the Board of Commissioners. This comprehensive review resulted in a unanimous decision by the commission. So they approved Meridian Energy Group's rezoning and conditional use back in July of 2016. Okay, so that's been that's how long this has been going on here. So many of the true environmentalists have expressed their sincere gratitude for the efforts taken by the Meridian Energy Group because of the amount of investments for the industry and industry uh, emission controls, etc. So it's important to note that the Davis emissions will be considerably less then as I mentioned, this new study that's coming out with the traffic in the Theodore Roosevelt National Park, which generates more than 11 times the CO2 emissions and eight times the NOx emissions yearly on an average 
than the Davis refinery is, is projected to put out. So the Davis refinery, we're talking about a state-of-the-art crude oil refinery that'll be sited approximately 150 acres in Billings County, so there's good bufferage acres as well. It's going to be east of the Freiburg Rail Facility in Belfield, North Dakota, which is the heart of the Bakken, and they're looking at 49,500 barrels a day. That's what's going to happen here. So the property is in close proximity to oil and gas pipelines, the major transportation highways, the railroad runs right through the refinery site. So there, this was well thought out, this location. So you're, you're talking about offloading, refining fuels, feedstock, a lot of different things. As I mentioned, this is actually going to take vehicles off the road. So this refinery not only is going to reduce air emissions, it's actually going to help in other ways too. The ripple and the impact on this is, is amazing. So um, I just wanted to opine and editorialize a little bit. I saw this brouhaha and kerfuffle going back and forth with the Associated Press and the uh, Bismarck Tribune and Meridian Energy Group. And we've been covering this for several years, almost two, three years here with a weekly Davis refinery because this refinery will be written about in history books. This is the type of things our children and children will read about in history books in the Bakken because they are setting the bar for the global energy standard. In fact, they just announced a Permian refinery as well coming up. So Meridian Energy Group has got some great things going on. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that for this week's Davis Refinery. All right. This is uh, the Week in Review here, the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. And check out thecrudelife.com for more information, our exclusive interviews, and all of our social media pages. We're also on the YouTubes. So check us out, thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review. And your baby blue eyes. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Now, coming up on today's program here next, we have Joel Brown with MineralTracker.com. Joel Brown, co-founder of Mineral Tracker. Thank you very much for joining us here today, being Big story, or the story that we're talking about, which is big in your guys' world and big in a lot of people who own minerals or are interested along those lines. You guys have a new service or a new subscription, something along those lines that uh, I've been seeing all over the internet in press release form. So we thought we'd have you on the program here to find out a little bit more about it. Let's start off by, first of all, do you want to talk about the big news or do you want to maybe give a 30-second <laughs> elevator pitch what you guys do quick? You know, I, th I think maybe for those who maybe haven't heard about Mineral Tracker, Jason, we can just quickly uh, talk about what it is that we do. We're really new. Um, we launched the first original version of Mineral Tracker, uh, the Mineral Tracker Pro subscription in September of 2018. And uh, for those who maybe aren't familiar with what it is that we uh, do, Mineral Tracker is an online application designed as an analysis tool for a specific mineral owner's uh, oil and gas assets. So it's incredibly easy to use, incredibly easy to go sign up. Um, mineral owners can just take a, a one month of check stubs, go straight to the website and usually sign up in less than 10 minutes. Um, and it provides an incredibly valuable analysis tool that uh, puts things into perspective in a way that most people haven't seen it before. 
And so we launched in September of 2018, the pro package starting at $99 per month. Um, and what we realized was that there are a lot of people that can afford $99 per month. There are a lot of people that are recognizing a lot of value through the subscription that they have already. Um, but we recognized that there was a really broad group of mineral owners in the state of North Dakota who were a little more apprehensive to go and sign up for a technology that was going to cost 99 a month. Um, and so we wanted to create something that uh, for mineral owners who maybe aren't making, you know, in the thousands of dollars per month on their royalties, maybe they're making hundreds, um, that they can still go and get the level of service and get the level of understanding that any other mineral owner could. Um, and so in March, we launched the basic package, uh, which is a free version of Mineral Tracker that has uh, a good portion of the features that the pro package does. So that's that's our big news. And that's got to be quite good news for people that have minerals, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm looking at uh, your website right now, mineraltracker.com, which is a great website name because that's the name of your company. And, yeah, um, easy to remember. Right, was uh, mineraltracker.com.com must have been taken, huh? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you know, those guys, uh, yeah, they already took that one. Yeah, I dare to dream, huh? Okay, but uh, no, I was looking at it, and I saw well mapping on there, and that stood out to me because is that something that is is unique to your app? Is that something? Because to me, I would think that as a mineral owner, you would want that. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. So this is one of our favorite features that we have in Mineral Tracker because typically for mineral owners, maybe some of them live in the state, maybe some of them live outside the state. You know, for the, the folks that are living on the farmer ranch that their great-grandparents homesteaded, and now all of a sudden there are wells drilled out there, they're a little bit familiar with what's going on. Um, but uh, even for them, and in the same boat as the folks who are living out in California or living somewhere very far removed from the actual activity taking place in North Dakota, um, it highlights where these wells are actually going 10,000 feet but beneath the surface of the earth so you can go on to mineral tracker enter your wells and it's going to highlight them on a map for you and you're going to be able to see not only where that surface location is but you're going to be able to trace and see where the two mile lateral ten thousand feet uh below your feet actually is going um so we think it's incredibly valuable talk to me about how the uh, monthly royalty payment estimates happen and and what kind of how that looks in terms of if you're a, a somebody with minerals, how, how does that uh, get delivered, I guess, and, and what sort of presentation? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the monthly revenue estimates that we're coming up with, um, we think that it's really necessary because what we've noticed about a lot of mineral owners is that they, they maybe don't necessarily think that something is going wrong, but they don't have any peace of mind knowing that things are actually going uh, exactly right, that no mistakes are being made. Um, the monthly revenue estimates is something that we think is really important because what it does is it's pulling together information from multiple sources uh, to be able to say this is how much your check from operator A should have been for this month. And if you're able to go off that third-party estimate and see that it's really close to the check that you actually got um, and the amounts are matching up, then we think that you can put a nice green check mark right by that month saying that it's uh, that nothing happened that month. There's nothing to look into. Um, if it's far off from what uh, from what your actual check is, there may be something to look into. And maybe it requires a little bit more diligence to dive in and understand that, um, you know, 
everything is being done the right way and that you're actually getting paid the right amount. And so we make this uh, on the very front of Mineral Tracker. As soon as you log in, um, one of the very first things that you're going to see is an estimate of your previous month's revenue. Um, and we can go all, all the way back to the beginning of uh, the first wells production on your land. And for the pro package, we actually uh, gave, give access to a reservoir engineering database that includes every single well in the state of North Dakota and the projected oil and gas for each one of those wells. Uh, so we've got about 15,000 wells projected right now, um, and we're able to provide through that an estimate for how much oil and how much gas is going to be made for each mineral owner's well up to 10 years into the future. Uh, so that is something that is incredibly unique to Mineral Tracker and uh, not available through any other source, most definitely. That's rather interesting. Um, I could see where that could actually be beneficial for banks to look at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, I mean, so in addition to, um, you know, working with individual mineral owners, we found that a lot of banks, a lot of uh, financial institutions, trust departments, they see this as incredibly valuable because they're, they're obviously very interested in gauging uh, what forward-looking revenue actually looks like. And for oil and gas wells, there's really no better way to estimate what that's going to be than uh, looking at um, forward-looking decline curves that we're able to put together because of our reservoir engineering backgrounds. Um, these wells decline over time. They don't. Uh, they don't stay the same. They don't uh, produce the same amount of oil yesterday um, as they do today. And so it's important to be able to estimate what that decline is going to look like going into the future. Um, and so that's something that's incredibly unique to us. I could see where pretty soon, over a very short period of time, uh, the state is going to be coming to you guys and asking for <laughs> some of your information because. Uh, well, and, and the reason I say that is this this story, I don't know how mainstream it is, but it's very common amongst people in a certain circle, which is that Google is actually better at finding hotspots of outbreaks of colds and viruses than the CDC because <laughs> of the, the searches that people do on, the, on their Google searches and everything like that. that, that that's where I'm going with it, whereas it, it seems like you guys are – really getting some real micro data to where I could see like the state or other organizations coming to you and saying, can we see your guys' projections? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. If, they're, uh, if they want to open up that dialogue, we'd be happy to have it. Um, we think that what we've built is you know, not just valuable to individual mineral owners, although we think it is incredibly valuable to you know, individuals. It's, this is valuable to uh, much larger entities. And uh, yeah, if the, if the state wants to start talking about it, we're, we're all ears. All right, I'll take my commission check on the back end. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the reference. Uh, yeah, no, no problem Jason. there. I, I think I just started the dialogue there. Um, <laughs> so uh, the, the other question is, this is kind of a, a odd question, but some people, of course, listening don't have minerals. So they're going, well, what do I care? And you know what? They may, maybe they shouldn't. But there's some people listening that don't have minerals. And I'm thinking of, like, say, engineers or uh, people who just like to watch the stock markets or just people who like information, you know. Um, do you have to have minerals to do this? Or can you observe as a layman or for professional reasons? Talk to me about your customer and ex exclusivity, non-exclusivity, that sort of thing. Yeah, that is a, that's a really great question, Jason. So I would say that, yeah, you do not need to own minerals in order to benefit from Mineral Tracker. As an example, just last week, I was up at the University of North Dakota talking to the, uh, the student section of the Society of Petroleum Engineers up there. 
Um, and I encouraged every engineer, uh, every student that was there to go out and sign up for a free uh, mineral tracker profile because it's it's really built as an education tool. It's not something where I need to own the minerals within a certain well to be able to access the data to that well. That data is um, available publicly. And what we're doing with mineral trackers, we're really taking that publicly available data and putting it into a really easy to use analysis tool um, that uh, puts together a, uh, a, a really nice, well-defined picture. Mr. Joel Brown, I'm asking you to hold that thought for just a second. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Joel Brown of Mineral Tracker. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review. Where the weather's trapped, then you lie and wait for your chance to attack. This week, we're spotlighting Brooks West, the singer-songwriter. Check his website out, brookswestmusic.com. That's brookswestmusic.com. This is singer-songwriter Brooks West. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Apartment to apartment, state to state, and it doesn't really matter where I go. There's only one place I could call my home. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Joel Brown with MineralTracker.com really nice, well-defined picture of what a mineral asset could look like. So you don't need to um, own minerals in order to bolster your understanding of uh, oil and gas activity in North Dakota. You can do that through Mineral Tracker just as a layman or just as someone who's curious about finding out more. All right, so let's kind of do a little, little bit of a summary and overview, that sort of thing. Now, originally what we started talking about was kind of your guys's big news, your, your company news that you've got a new subscription plan. So let's just kind of do a summary of that real quick to kind of reset, let people know that you guys have uh, offered up some new services, some new offers that people should probably take, take advantage of. And this isn't like a, a, a slumber supermarket sale here, folks. This is, you know, I mean, this is for like, you know, adult stuff here. So I, that's, I always tell people when I listen to Van Morrison, like, you know, this is adult music. Sorry. It's, you know, <laughs> so sometimes, you know, you just got to have adult conversations and, you know, mineral tracker kind of is one of those, one of those things, right? I mean, it's, I mean, I can't imagine you guys have a Twitch account or do you? 
<laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, no, t- talk about uh, your, your subscription services and things like that that you guys have going. Yeah, definitely. So I would just, you know, to back up, I think that ultimately the idea that we uh, that we originally came to, the problem that we saw was that mineral owners in the state of North Dakota had a lot of very important questions. They had a lot of needs. No one was out there uh, finding a way to help them. Um, we started Mineral Tracker based on this idea that we can use our experiences, reservoir engineers, uh, as oil and gas guys in the state of North Dakota to benefit um mineral owners in the state of North Dakota. And ultimately through a technology, not just a handful of mineral owners, but we're hoping that almost all mineral owners in the state of North Dakota go out and use our services. Um, What we realized along the way was that we can help a lot of people through a paid subscription service, but there are a lot of people out there too that still have questions, they still have needs, they still are gaining um, significant income but $99 a month is a little prohibitive. And so we wanted to create a way to uh, service and help those folks um, for free. And we think that ultimately what we've created is a marketplace where mineral owners can go to understand, find help uh, for everything related to their mineral assets. Um, and that by making making it free, we've really opened it up to everybody. So we're incredibly excited about it. We're getting a lot of new people signing up. And for anybody uh, listening today, I would just encourage them to go to mineraltracker.com and check it out and sign up for a free account. Mineraltracker.com. And I'm looking at your About Us page, Mineral Management Services, offering partner, organize, audit, review, liaison. And I like to kind of conclude uh, the interview a little bit about that liaison bit and <laughs> well it's it's a good way to end you know in terms of yeah. it's really really the oil and gas industry um is is a interesting industry that you can actually make a in a sub industry micro industry out of being a liaison you know i mean because <laughs> there's it's such a relationship business that uh that i just that stood out to me a little bit so talk to me a little bit about that part of your service because i think there's a lot of people in the oil and gas industry that uh, pre-qualify people based on their liaison, you know, their, their drive behind. Does that make sense to you at all? I mean, you're in Watford City, so I would think it would. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're bringing up a really good point, Jason. So um, because because of our background, because we're, we're engineers, because we've worked in oil and gas for such a long time, and we've really kind of come uh, to a different side of the table to support mineral owners in the state of North Dakota. Um, but because of our experience, we speak the language, we understand uh, oil companies, we understand how they operate. Um, and so we're able to step in uh, to a situation where maybe there's a correction that needs to take place. Maybe a mistake has been made and it needs to be rectified. We can step into the middle of that situation and be able to facilitate that actually um, occurring. Uh, because we speak both the language of the mineral owner and the language of the oil company. Um, another really good example, something that you brought up, uh, this industry being so about relationships, um, a, a situation that we see arise a lot is that a mineral owner has received a offer in the mail from some company they've never heard of um, offering to buy their minerals. And when they look at the number, it's a really big number. And so they are really thinking about it. Um, what we've uh, started doing a lot of is kind of stepping into that situation as well and helping that mineral owner connect not only to the one company that already sent them a letter, but to a large number of companies who buy minerals, all have good reputations, 
um, so that they can be sure that they're actually getting the right price. And without that relationship, without them knowing who to contact, uh, they're really just stuck with the first offer that they got if they want to sell. So I think that's a really good example of another place that we step in and we're able to help. Joel Brown, co-founder of MineralTracker.com with us here. Hey, you got a couple of minutes for a Watford City update or... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What awesome. do you want to know, Jason? Well, I tell you what, anytime we get somebody, you know, living day-to-day down in the boots and boots on the ground and that sort of thing, whether it's down in the Permian, whether it's in the Niobrara, whether it's in the Bach, and we just like to get a uh, first-eye view, a bird's-eye view, like I said, an ear to the rail and a boots on the ground. You're in Watford City, which is the epicenter of the Bach and Boom. Of course, a lot of people mm-hmm. in Texas they think Williston is the, you know, the, where it's at, kind of like, you know, Permian, Midland, that sort of thing. Right. Um, Watford City is really right where in, in the heart of it to where Watford has grown from, what, five to 15,000 in the last several years, something like that in population? <laughs> Pretty close. So I, I actually, so I, I graduated from uh, Watford City High School when Watford was 1,300 people. Uh, today, the estimates are close to something like 8,000 living in Watford City and in the uh, in McKenzie County, which Watford City is the seat of, uh, somewhere above twenty thousand is the estimate. So, um, it's a it's a different world than when I was growing up here. But uh, I I love Watford. It is um, it's a really fun place to live right now. I actually got a chance to move back to Watford uh, from Denver, and I I have a lot of fun here. I really enjoy it. Um, things right now are they they feel very very busy out here we're running 60 rigs in the state approximately um so certainly not what we were experiencing at the height of the boom in 2013 2014 um but what we're running into right now is that we are really hurting for um workforce we do not have the people right now to staff uh as much work as we want to accomplish here in the oil and gas industry. Um, It's becoming a pretty tremendous problem for us. So we're doing some pretty exciting things in McKinsey County right now to try to incentivize um, more affordable housing being put up more and really more just available housing being put up uh, to try to supplement that workforce need. But um, we we love Watford. There are a lot of exciting things going on here. Do you know any uh, specific task or skill that would satisfy a lot of the hires. I know if somebody has a CDL license, they can get hired tomorrow at a thousand places. Um, yeah, absolutely. So CDL, is, is there any, for truck you know, I mean, cause we're talking to a, a lot of these different, you know, North Dakota job service places and companies and that sort of thing. And everybody's hiring, but a lot of them do require a special skill or a certification, correct? Yeah, a lot of them do. The uh, The CDL is a really good example of that. We have a absolutely tremendous need up here right now for um, truck drivers, for uh, licensed CDL drivers. One of the things that we're doing here in McKinsey County is we've actually uh, developed a program called the Skills Initiative um, to help kind of train workforce as they come and as they're here. Uh, so one of the examples is that through um, through the Skills Initiative, uh, we're able to actually offer CDL training um, here in McKinsey County. Um, so we're trying to come up with some creative ways to make sure that if workforce wants to be here in Watford, we want to make sure they have the skills um, necessary to be able to work in the industry. How about the housing there in Watford? If you're there daily, that type of thing. Um, I had Dean Bankson on last week where it's shown that there's been like almost zero investment the last couple of years in the uh, Bakken housing and a few other things to where really the only infrastructure investments are in the gas plants and the pipelines. 
Um, how, how about the, how's it going there? I mean, cause people built, you know, last few years and they're, they're finishing up construction and the, the, we're still pumping out a million barrels a day. So, I mean, you know, life is still inching along, but when life inches along, it doesn't make the headlines. So are people still selling houses or are they getting foreclosed upon or are you even qualified to even say anything like that from Watford? It seems like they're growing. <laughs> Yeah, we, we are, and really, I think the number one uh, issue that we have in trying to address our workforce needs right now in Walker City and McKinsey County is just lack of housing. Um, the housing market up here is uh, a little bit stagnant in that there, over the past couple of years, there has not been much investment in housing. Early on in the boom, there was a lot of development, and then when the uh, when the bust took place in late 2014 into 2015 and 2016, it kind of scared off a lot of the development. Mr. Joel Brown, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a second. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Joel Brown with MineralTracker.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review. To the place where I was born, where my heart still resides, where the nighttime lights earth and light on the horizon. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects groundbreaking with construction resuming in early 2019 the davis refinery jason spies the most trusted voice in the bakken i totally agree with you and the word that you brought into this is fact you tell the facts and then you let people make up their own minds if you want someone who's competent you don't want to get a bunch of rookies love listening to jason spies on the radio and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. You can run from the wintertime in the midnight black. Cold coming up behind you, teeth in your neck. Slow on the road like the fingers of a ghost. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Crude Life Week in Review. All right, coming up next, we conclude our conversation with Joel Brown with MineralTracker.com. Late 2014 into 2015 and 2016, it kind of scared off a lot of the development. And so as we saw in 2017 and 2018, things start to pick up on the oil side. Uh, housing did not pick up with it, which has left us in a little bit of a bind right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to just are... I'm going to pile on that for a second sure. because this is the third or fourth time since Brent Sanford, former mayor Brent Sanford, who's now been lieutenant governor for what two years. Mm-hmm. This has been a problem for two years. I mean, I remember when Brent Sanford and I were talking about this. And if you're still, I mean, that means that if there's hardly an investment, you're right. People are really scared, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's that and there are a lot of challenges. You know, I was talking to a developer just last week who said that when when they bring up, um, you know, subcontractors, when they bring up construction guys from outside of the state and they are, uh, you know, and they're seeing these oil and gas guys working. Um, for jobs where they're making significantly more money, it's really hard to keep uh, keep construction crews. That's still staffed. going on, huh? 
I remember yeah, back in the because we've got that workforce issue. We need we need lots of people working up here right now. There was a problem when the uh, Bakken boom first back in 2012, 13, 14 when it was at its height. Um, there there was a electric company on the east side of North Dakota slash Minnesota that they had to stop sending their crews out to Western North Dakota because uh, electricians, pipe fitters, and uh, plumbers are like are, are like demigods out there. I mean, they're just I mean, you know, they're they're so rare. They're like a, a, a albino white elk sighting. You know, it's just it's hard to come by. And so these guys would go out to eat at night, right? And they'd go into the restaurant bar and they'd sit and watch the football, baseball, basketball game, and have a suds and a pizza. And pretty soon they'd have a job offer doubling their salary, and they wouldn't come back to the east side of the state. And so this this company just got left in the lurch. And guess what? They had to rehire them because there's such a shortage of pipe fitters, welders and electricians in the state that <laughs> so I, it's 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 weird to hear that that's still kind of a problem. But on the development contract side, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What we've got here is really a big, you know, it's a chicken and egg situation. We have this tremendous workforce need up here that is driving really high salaries. Um, it's a very competitive uh, environment here for um, gaining workforce for your company. Um, but part of that is because we don't have enough housing here to uh, encourage people to move here. And so we need we need more housing and we need uh, to address the workforce needs. And once we do that, then maybe we can actually get some contractors uh, to keep uh, building houses out here. Um, uh, well, I tell you, people, go to mineraltracker.com and, and talk to Joel Brown, and he'll set you up with the right people. I mean, if you're looking to make some money building homes, you know, if, if you got a little bit of time and strategy, you can do it. That's, that's what I'm hearing, is that you just can't drive out there and do it. You kind of have to have your ducks in a row, and then you can do it pretty easily, but it just has to be done methodically. That's what kind of what I'm hearing, because if it's that competitive a workplace, it's so hard because you want to, as much as you want a guy to be loyal to your company, at the same time, if he's getting double the amount of resources to pay, you know, to help support his family, it's really hard to, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to be mad at him for that because, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, he's not an owner, he's just an employee or whatever the case is. So anyway, yeah. um, how about some of the businesses out there in Watford? It's been, a, you know, we're talking three years now. Looking back, are are some of those supporting businesses sticking around? Are, are we getting new things popping up? I saw that, uh, I, th- I think you guys had a place serving gyros or euros or something like that. <laughs> euros. <laughs> Didn't yeah, you have that? Yeah, in that's a... right. We, no one really knew how to pronounce it out here. It was the first time we'd ever seen a gyro, so. <laughs> but uh, how's, how's the place looking for the, you know, they call it the quality of life. I call it secondary, you know, ancillary businesses. But how's the quality of life looking in Watford these days? I, I love with, living in Watford right now. I think Watford is a really exciting place to be, partially because of how much um, this community has invested in quality of life issues. We've got uh, some great restaurants out here. Um, a uh, One that wasn't here three years ago is Stonehome uh, Brewing. It's a microbrewery and pizza place here in Watford, and they are just awesome. We've got a uh, uh, Another place open up called JL Beers that uh, serves excellent, uh, excellent burgers. Um, one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen, something that does not exist, I believe, in another community the size of Watford is the Rough Rider Center, um, which is a absolutely massive convention and uh, sports facility um, located right out by the high school. It is just kind of stunning to see it. Um, so we've got we have a lot going on in Watford as far as quality of life. I mean, and it doesn't hurt to be 
you know, 20 minutes away from Lake Sakakawea and boating and fishing and ice fishing in the winter and 10 minutes away from the Matahe Trail, which is a 100-mile world-class mountain biking trail to the south. I think Watford is a, is actually a pretty great place quality of life-wise. How about the river? Is there any activity on the river? Uh, well, we had some activity on the river just recently, but not necessarily good. We had a bunch of ice dams uh, break up and had some pretty tremendous flooding actually out in the uh, western portion of the um, of the county. Well, at least at least those land, at least you'll Claire. get some crops out there or you get some nice, uh, who knows, maybe some <laughs> new sage bushes will grow out there. Yeah. Um, but is that is that little little Missouri, right? Yeah, no, the, the Little Missouri runs straight through the uh, the northern unit of the um, Theodore Roosevelt National Park. So outside of paddle, paddleboard fi- or paddlefish fishing, uh, snogging or snagging, they call it, uh, is there, is there, I mean, can, is it like the Missouri River where you can take a, you know, a jet ski on there or is it mostly just fishing and... Well, definitely not in the park. Okay. <laughs> not the Little Missouri, at least, but... The Little Missouri, it's a lot of fun to canoe or kayak okay. down. It's just breathtaking scenery. Um, you know, it runs through the Badlands. It runs through the park. Uh, it's The levels are pretty high right now, so it's not a bad time to get out there. Water's still a little bit cold. Um, but uh, as far as fishing goes, I'd probably head north up to Lake Sakakawea yeah. for me. And that was Joel Brown with MineralTracker.com, co-founder of MineralTracker.com. So important, I just want to make sure I emphasize the co-founder of MineralTracker.com. Good for you guys. Excellent service. Thank you very much for the update here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Well, that's going to do it this week, folks. I'd like to thank Joel Brown with MineralTracker.com and William Prentice for joining today's program and supplying us with today's information. We appreciate that very much. And thank you, folks, for tuning in here on the radio where we'll be back at this time next week on this radio station and for those of you tuning in on the internet streaming us or maybe you're downloading one of our many podcasts like on itunes you know we're on so many different podcast platforms now that i've lost track because we just take this one little url i don't even know what that stands for unique R link. I don't even know anymore. That's how out of touch I am with acronyms these days. Anyways, you take your website, you put it into this little field on your back end of your website, and then it goes to iTunes and about a hundred other podcasts. In fact, the other day I saw that I was on rural radio podcasts or something like that. So we're on iTunes and a bunch of other places as well. So we're all over the internet. We're on the radio. You can stream us. You know what? We even write for a bunch of different magazines. You can find the Crude Life content everywhere, it seems. But the place, if you want to just know where to go, go to thecrudelife.com and click on the social media tab and maybe be one of our energy enthusiasts. We now have got over 350,000 social media followers with our Crude Life Media Network. Check us out, folks, thecrudelife.com social media link. And from the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, My name is Jason Spies, asking you to keep calm and frack on. Peace, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts.
and then you will let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 